All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to At The Movies, where we are here to discuss going to the movies and why we think that experience is so impactful. Um, today, we have with us uh, Brandon Jones, as usual. Hi, Brandon. Um, also, our regular Kara Leonard. Hello, Kara. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, but we also have a very special guest with us today on, on the program, um, if we can call it a program or show, podcast, whichever, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Um, we have Michael Archer, the Vice President of Worldwide Cinema Sales from Dolby Laboratories. How are you doing today, Michael? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing really good. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to our chat today. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Like this is a this is this is a big deal for us. Like getting to talk to people from Dolby. Like that's that's really cool. So we're all geeks about this kind of stuff. So um, it's completely an honor to have you on with us today. Uh, you're too kind. I usually am uh, set doing pre-recorded messages for, for the industry, for uh, events and such. So I'm really happy to be able to uh, actually converse with people today. Right <laughs> We're happy to have you with us. I guess, what, why don't we start with a quick little softball question? And this one should be easy. And we could even go around. Everyone can answer this question. I don't care. I, I, we're, we, don't, we don't pick or you know, choose favorites here. Um, how about let's start with what was the last movie you saw on the big screen as of recently? Well, that's uh, that's an easy one for me because just the other night uh, I went to see In the Heights. Yeah, how was it? And uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the dancing was phenomenal. The music was great, of course. And I'm really fortunate. Uh, I live out here in Southern California and I have a Sinopolis, a Regal and an AMC within 10 minutes of my house. Uh, and this time I, I happened to go over to the AMC Dolby Cinema, uh, which was a great presentation. And um, there was a fair amount of people in the, in the auditorium, which was great to see. And uh, there was five of us who went, uh, my family and friends, and we all really enjoyed the show. Great. What about you, Kara? For me, screen? yeah, it was a quiet place too. Yeah. Yeah, I had seen it before the pandemic and uh, wanted to see it with the crowd. Definitely How'd you enjoy it, it the second time around? I loved it. I mean, there's such a good energy with that movie that it's a different experience seeing it with a crowd than not seeing it with a crowd. Yeah, I'm cu I'm really curious if over the the quarantine break if they changed anything about the movie. I don't think so. Not that yeah, not that I remember. Fair enough. Okay, well, Brandon, what about you? I'm gonna say the last two movies I've seen were both in Dolby. And they were both completely different experiences. Um, I saw In the Heights, a uh, preview screening before it came out. I loved it. Um, and I'm actually shocked at the opening weekend, but I'm hoping that the movie has can build an audience and has legs and will take us through the summer. Um, so, But man, it is fun and it is a movie. Again, I know we talk about it and say it a million times on the show, that you've got to see in the theater with the energy of other people and that immersive sound of the singing and the dancing and the bright screen. It just, it comes to life differently. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of coming to life, the other movie that I saw also at Dolby was The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, <laughs> which I'm not necessarily saying I needed to see quite that immersively i'm not a huge horror fan but i went to see a guy it. who used to work for fangoria right yeah. <laughs> so weird i know um 
not saying I don't respect it and I know there's a huge audience for it, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm a wimp when it comes to that. And I saw it with my son and his girlfriend and I saw it with Danielle who's, tip, who's on the show sometime. And I think like half, we were watching it like half face covered the whole time, but you cannot take away the sound and the creepiness of it. So those were the last two movies I saw. I will probably, I actually think maybe the last six movies I've seen in a theater have, I seek out the Dolby experience because I will pay for it. I will seek it out. I mean, it's just cooler. I don't know. So I just, I love it. Well done, Michael. It's, it's yeah, cool to talk you. to somebody who's behind the scenes and hopefully you can geek out with us here in a minute about some of the, some of the stuff we don't, we don't see, we just hear or part of that theater experience. But those are the movies I saw with Scott. Did you, what was the last movie you saw in a theater? Um, this weekend I took, uh, my girlfriend and her kids to see Peter Rabbit too. Oh, nice. In the full Dolby experience. <laughs> Did you no, need that for that not movie? Not the full Dolby experience. We were more limited to the the, the proximity and the showtime uh, for this specific one. But we are... Um, I do want to see my next movie. Because the, the last two movies I saw in the theater were both for them. These were not for me. Like, so What are you oh, looking yeah. forward to seeing in the th coming up? I mean, are you going to see... Well, you're going to see the Sparks Brothers, I bet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When that opens up, I will definitely see that. Um, I think Summer of Soul is another one I have you pegged for. Mm -hmm. That's another one I'm... Another big music. And that one looks amazing, right? Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm ready to see A Quiet Place too. I'm holding out, um, I think, until Cinema Week. That's what I'm going to go see, A Quiet Place too. Yes. Um. But yeah, the last two movies that I saw in the theater were not necessarily for me. They were for, you know, people in my group. So, um, like, I don't want to be like, oh, no, like, I didn't really like Peter Rabbit because it's not really for me. And I shouldn't say I didn't like it. That's that's harsh. Um, again, it's the way the way I thought about it was like, it'd be like Gordon Ramsay going to a restaurant and reviewing something off the kids menu. You know, like, like <laughs> that's a great line. But again, like, I shouldn't even say that because that's also comparing myself to Gordon Ramsay, which is a bit of a stretch. Um, but yeah, like they had a great time. Like those movies are meant for them. Um, and so they were so happy to be back in the theater and seeing uh, stuff that they've been waiting for on the big screen. They were ecstatic. So yeah, that was a great experience for this weekend, at least. But yeah, my so next Michael, my next film that I'm gonna go see is completely for me. It's mine. Which which is? Are you gonna go see? I'm gonna go see Quiet Place too uh, okay. during Cinema Week, and I'm yeah. And those two other movies you you mentioned, Summer of Soul, like can't wait for that one. And Sparks Brothers, I've been hearing nothing but great things. So cue me up for that one. I am ready to go. Cue me up. So Michael, what is what's the magic? Why do we love the Dolby Experience? Well, you know, it, it really, uh, when we look at in general, what we're trying to accomplish uh, at Dolby, it's really just about, you know, transforming the science of sight and sound into spectacular experiences. And, you know, that started back with stereo 50, not 50 years ago, but um, with Ray Dolby. And, you know, as a company, we're just really trying to innovate and bring the best out in the storytelling through technology as well. Um, you know, today Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision 
is really the pinnacle of an immersive uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. And of course, here in the US, you get Dolby Cinema uh, with AMC, and we've got uh, another 200 uh, odd locations where you can see Dolby Cinema around the world with a variety of exhibitors. Um, and today, over 6,500 Dolby Atmos screens. So it's really, you know, Brandon, you, you talked about the audio and being sucked in, you know, just with the conjuring, the silence and the creepiness, you know, it's not always about the loud and explosive. And, you know, really that's what we're trying to uh, heighten awareness and senses of people uh, through vision and audio. So do, do filmmakers particularly seek you out when they're doing their, you know, when they're doing the design and they, do they talk about that? I mean, how, how does that work within your ecosystem? Yeah, it, you know, it, it runs the gamut. I mean, we have a content team uh, who works very closely with the studios on their distribution uh, schedule, but also really the success of Dolby um, goes all the way back to just the rich history of collaboration with the creative community. And you do have directors, uh, you know, sound designers who from the very, very beginning, they say, okay, I know this film's going to be in Dolby Vision. I know it's going to be in Dolby Atmos. And they start thinking about it and they're setting up their shots and sound sequences with that in mind. And, um, you know, some of the studios just automatically wanted to do certain films and, you know, there's conversations that we have with the, the creative folks to give them a little nudge and how we think it's going to be, you know, an awesome experience if they do use some of the technologies we make available to them. I mean, and so kind of staying on that, that topic, like I'm, I'm interested in exactly um, how your, your content team kind of uh, works. Like for example, you know, uh, very recently back in April, was it? Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world was re-released in Dolby cinema. And so I'm curious, like, how are titles like that normally chosen or, or curated? Because, you know, you guys have been doing this for a while, like re-optimizing and remastering certain films uh, to go back on the big screen. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, like, is this something that the studios will approach you? Or do you have a team that, like, kind of picks and chooses, um, you know, the best of the best to figure out, like, what is going to really optimize our presentation and we can use this movie as a platform to do that? Yeah, it really is a conversation. Um, you know, we, we ultimately are not the decision makers. <laughs> you know, we, we can give some, some ideas and insights, but uh, at the end of the day, it's really the distributor and the exhibitors who decide what films are gonna play well again. And, you know, if you look at uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, uh, Edgar Wright is a huge Dolby proponent and really enjoys the Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos and the presentations in Dolby Cinema. And when they're looking for a way to get a bang out of the 20th anniversary release, uh, everybody pretty much agreed that getting this film released uh, with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision and in the Dolby uh, Cinema locations is a great way to celebrate the film's 20th anniversary. So that's how that one came about. Yeah, it did really well too. Um, it seems like yeah. every single person that I talked to that saw it was just amazed with like, they thought the movie was good when they saw it the first time, but they said they walked away with a, a completely different experience of, um, you know, how the movie made them feel and, and uh, just the picture and sound was just uh, incredible. So 
hats off and kudos to you guys for sure. Yeah, thank you. When you know when that conversation is happening, ultimately the question is why would somebody go see it again, right? If they've already seen it or they can watch it on their their TV at home, what's going to bring them back to the cinema? And they need to, you know, up up the game as it were and, and bring out the best experience possible. Well, you guys nailed it for sure. Like, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to to see it in in the Dolby Cinema, um, but. Um, I'm a huge fan of that movie and I can only imagine how, how great you guys made it look. Um, and here you'll in here next week, we'll be able to see the Sparks brothers, another Edgar Wright movie. Mm -hmm. So we so, may have a little special cinema week shout out too from filmmakers and subjects of that movie. Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um, so one thing that you were kind of talking about with the the history of, of Dolby and how everything kind of started, you know, within stereo and the, you know, um, the technology has started to grow and grow and grow. Um, an interesting question would be, you know, how has Dolby's, you know, idea and ideology of pristine picture and sound, how has that changed the landscape for both filmmaking and for moviegoing? Yeah, well, I think from from a filmmaking filmmaking perspective, um, we believe one of the most important things we have to do as a technology company is to build the tools, right? I mean, you have to have the ability to deliver. So, on sound stations all over the world, you know, are equipped with Dolby equipment, and what we have brought to the table is really bringing. Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision into the standard post-production process, right? So we're not, um, there are other formats that um, need to be processed uh, after the fact, whereas for us, we, we're in the standard process. And having those tools available uh, really allow the creatives to keep their hands on it, play with it, and, and keep it in mind on how they want to ultimately design the film. And that really translates to the cinema going experience. You know, we talked about um, what brings an audience to the movie theater and it's what they can't get at home. I mean, yes, Dolby has Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos at home and it's a great experience, but it's not sitting in a room with 200 strangers, you know, and, and laughing and crying and the tense of it and um, putting certain sounds inside of that auditorium really, uh, amplifies the experience of the, you know, turning around and, um, and people are still doing that. I mean, you know, I remember back in the 5.1 days, I was living in Europe and promoting multi-channel audio and I was in uh, Ljubljana and I was talking to the exhibitor. I'm like, that surround seemed to be, the audio's down. He goes, yeah, it was distracting people because multi-channel audio was just reaching it, you know, in the mid nineties and everybody's you know, turning around <laughs> and kind of freaking out. And, um, and while we're more accustomed to it, uh, it still really, uh, you know, grabs us in the auditorium when those objects are now being placed in certain areas in the auditorium. Yes. Yeah, so it becomes very intentional, right? That, yeah. that the movie is going to play this way and the sound is going to impact the audience. And that's going to be part of the story. Like it's, it doesn't just happen. I mean, these, when they're making the movie and when they're sound designing it, and then you're right, the the tools to be able to deliver it uh, within within an auditorium like that at that scale is really really impressive. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're able to place over 100 objects in the room at any time. Um, wow. So it is pretty incredible. And, um, you know, shout out to the, the sound mixing community who have really honed their skills on the Dolby Atmos tools to make sure that that audio is getting there. Um, and similarly with vision, you know, it, it takes time, like any new technology. I, I think we all experienced early 3D when everything was coming in our face and um, and then the filmmakers and, and editors realized that using some of the background and sucking the picture in to the screen was just as impactful. Um, so yeah, we're getting at a point where all the tools are being mastered and we're, we're seeing great presentations. So cool. Carrie, do you have any questions? You've been sitting so quiet. Um, I know we talked a little bit about uh, the worldwide side of it. Um, with other countries, I mean, are there different films being shown when you're curating? I know that um, Scott Pilgrim that we talked about eventually go over to Europe um, and Dolby as well. Are there completely different slates in other countries that you play? Um, well, we definitely start here domestically and then go abroad. So mm -hmm. um, honestly, I'm not sure if uh, Scott Pilgrim was put out internationally. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm pretty sure the Matrix version, some of them reach international. So um, again, it really comes down to does a distributor and exhibitors feel that bringing back a certain movie mm -hmm. is really going to bring people to cinema, you know, and, and we're continuing to grow our um, post-production facilities where you can do the mixing of Dolby Atmos and the Dolby Vision. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to get as many you know, films internationally as we can. We do a lot of international titles, but the bring backs again, um, it's a local conversation. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Do you, you know, have a, like a, like a bucket list title that you would love to see that you guys have not tackled yet? Or you're not allowed um, to say? Yeah, I mean, I do. Um, and I, and I brought this up internally and, uh, and I haven't gotten a lot of support for it yet. And I, I, I don't know why, but um, I mean, I grew up a huge Kurt Russell fan mm -hmm. and Tombstone is one of my ultimate oh. movies. I mean, <laughs> so I good. I can't turn it off, you know? And so when I think every about time, that, right? Yeah. Every time. And, but um, there are scenes in there, first of all, the landscape, right. From cinematography in that type of a movie, I think would, would lend itself. And um you know, the shootout in the OK Corral and bullets uh, flying around, and, you know, and, and if you remember that scene, uh, the stormy scene when Morgan got shot, you know, there is a lot going on with the flashing of the, the lightning and the darkness. And, and I think the Dolby Vision would really bring something out uh, in that movie. Um, and you know, how about so, the thundering of the horses running through? Yeah, I mean, yeah. just yeah, yeah. Uh, when they run run down all the bad guys in the end yeah i mean it so i you know i keep kind of suggesting it um but i haven't really gotten a lot of uh I'm shocked. i think like any i mean so many kurt russell movies though the thing <laughs> would be incredible mm -hmm. we talked about backdraft yesterday that'd be a oh, really that's good funny. One. escape from yeah. new york that'd be a good one yeah 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 one that um one that popped into my head the other day because um i saw something online about it but uh, Prince's Purple Rain. Oh like, man! Yeah. And you know, you think about the soundtrack and um, the movement we're having right now with our Dolby Atmos Music Initiative. You know, and being able to get all those tracks in Dolby Atmos for music would just be awesome for me. I mean, yeah. I think that'd be such yeah. a great experience. 
Yeah, I like this cool. question. I like them. Let, let's yeah. just talk about all the movies we want to see in Dolby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. So we talk about this, and this show's really about. I mean, it's about movies, of course, but it's also about what happens. And we've all worked in movie theaters, right? So, I think one of the knocks on on the movie theaters, you know, previous, and I think that they need to do a better job is really explaining what the experience is and why it's better, mm-hmm. and then also delivering on that. Because, you know, having the sound down to like the sound should be unreasonable in a movie theater, quite frankly, it should be clear and immersive, but it, it the second you turn it down too low, it's not the same experience. The, 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 the picture's got to be bright and crisp. So how do you work with exhibitors to make sure that you're not just supplying the, the technology, but they're actually using it correctly? Yeah, well, Brandy, you hit a a really tough um, topic, you know, because as a company, you know, since since all of us were growing up, you saw, you know, the Dolby trailers before the movies, right? And um, with Dolby Atmos, we've created Dolby Atmos trailers, you know, to try to explain in a very, you know, brief 15, 30 seconds what Dolby Atmos is all about. And similarly with Dolby Cinema, you know, there's a great trailer, um, describing and showing the Dolby Vision as well as Dolby Atmos. And yes, the projector is still on. The projector is still on, yeah. Until <laughs> on somebody leaves open screen, the, I love side, it. Uh, the side door and you see the, the light on the screen. But, um, you know, so from a manufacturer standpoint, you know, Dolby and, and all of our, you know, competitive colleagues, you know, we, we do try to provide as much material as we can to exhibition to help not only educate their staff, um, but make sure their, their staff is educated on how to present it to the moviegoers. And, you know, clearly we can't be everywhere all the time. And um, we try to work as closely as we can uh, with our partners. And, you know, our marketing uh, team has really uh, stepped up over the last 12 months, having a little bit more time on their hands. And um, we have Adobe Asset Center uh here in the U.S. and we're building it out internationally as well. And there we house, um, you know, trailers, testimonials from directors, and you know all sorts of uh, information and clips that are available to all of our exhibitor partners to push out on their social media or to play on their signage in the auditorium or or, or whatever. So, you know, I would like to think Dolby as a company, um, we really are doing everything we can and providing a lot of educational material to our exhibitor partners to then push on to consumers. But, you know, it's tough. You know, they're they're also those exhibitor or uh, the staff at the theater is responsible for selling popcorn and candy and sodas. And, you know, which as we all know, brings in a a lot of revenue and an important stream for uh, our exhibitor partners. So I feel a pain point here for, you know, marketing people to solve. Yeah, <laughs> like I really feel like Dolby should be doing some of the marketing for the exhibitor end. Like, go see this movie in this format, and here's where you can see it. I just, I don't know. I think the experience is so much different. And we all, we look. Everybody on our show goes to a lot of movies at a lot of different places. You know, small, medium size, large, independent, family-owned exhibitors, and and I do think it's important 
that we, yes, the movies are the driver, like we get that, but also we've got to tell the, the why behind going to the movies. Like, why do you ditch your couch and take away the convenience of just sitting at home? And it really is, I'm buying into this experience. And for me, it's, it's worth every extra penny that I pay to go see it in absolutely the best experience. I feel like my couch is the minor leagues. And if I want to go see a pro game, I need to go to the movie theater. Um, and, I, and I'm not sure that exhibitors, my challenge to exhibitors who are listening to this show is really take the time to lean into your presentation and why your presentation is better. And if you have tools like, like Dolby, then share them and share what's behind there. Share the secret sauce. I mean, mm -hmm. if I'm selling a steak, I'm not going to sell you the shitty steak. I'm going to tell you that the one we have is the best one and where, what farm it comes from and all that. So I do think that this is an opportunity in this time uh, to really share with the movie going audience. People obviously love movies and they, they, uh, they're consuming more content than ever. The content isn't always the best. <laughs> But you put it in the best environment and it will certainly make it better. I guarantee you that In the Heights is better in a Dolby Auditorium than it is watching it on your TV. And I don't care what kind of TV you have at your house. It's better at the theater. It is. So I think we need to do a better job. And I challenge exhibitors to take that on. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I, know, I know so many exhibitors out there. I mean, one that I actually used to work for um, that you know, they, they wear Dolby as, you know, a badge of honor for sure. Right. Like they label outside their auditoriums. What is, you know, this is a, a Dolby auditorium. Um, you know, all the marketing things that I've seen from Dolby, as far as on the exhibitor side, have always been completely on point. And like, so I was almost kind of disconnected with Brandon being like, I don't know. I don't know any exhibitors who don't, um, you know, market how... Does the audience know when they're buying their ticket or am I just buying a ticket and I'm just picking? Like, I think they should know exactly what they're getting into. We're, we're like in the bubble. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I think we're, it's a we're, we're deep in that world. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to know how the consumer, um, you know, acknowledges what they're about to get into. But no, I definitely agree with you that the, as far as consumers are, are concerned, they should be aware of the fact that before they get there, they should know that they're they're buying a ticket to the best possible presentation that is out there. Uh, yeah, I think the sure. you know I think the other part of it is, um, well, I guess the flip side when they get there and, um, you know, when whenever I have gone up to a box office, I can personally say I don't remember ever being upsold. I've never gone and said, oh, yeah, I need a ticket to In the Heights at 8 o'clock and have them say, well, you know, 815, there's an atmosphere. And you really want to probably buy that ticket. You know, it's a dollar more, but I guarantee you're going to have a better experience. You know, and like from my perspective, right on the sales side, I'm always working with my team when the exhibitor says, oh, well, yeah, we need a server. Well, do you need an amplifier? Do you need speakers? And, you know, it's all about selling the package. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think, at least in my experience, right? The, the box office, of course, a lot of things are online now ahead of time, but in the box office, I don't see that upselling. And um, I'm happy to have marketing experts on the exhibition side tell me we've tried it and it doesn't help. But um, that's just something I'm not seeing personally. 
Yeah, and, and you're right. Like online, it may be actually take it away from the human error part. You're you're exactly right. If if the seven o'clock is you know regular digital, and I know that people list them, but people don't read anything. So mm-hmm. we need to get like there there probably are some enhancements to the buying experience on on exhibitors' websites or wherever or third party ticketing websites that could really enhance and. And again, I think we need to share the why behind this. Right. Don't just tell me what the movie is. Tell me why I should see it here, and and explain to me that emotion that I'm gonna get that I'm gonna get out of it. Because, like I said, I saw The Conjuring in this, and I was deeply impacted. I don't think my son slept for like three days. <laughs> after. <laughs> it was awesome. It was I like. Not that he didn't sleep. I'm just saying yeah. it. We, we got the full bit for sure. He didn't sleep next to you, did he, for the next couple of days? No, but I th- I'm. He doesn't typically have the dog sleep in his rooms, but I think the dogs were in there for the for a few nights <laughs> for for guard duty. Yeah. We, we we did we did take his water bed out. No, I'm just kidding. Water <laughs> Wasn't the water bed such like an? Did you actually know anybody with a water bed? My parents had I feel one. Like it was an eight. It, I oh had one. God. I had one. You yeah. had one. Oh, oh my god! In college, a pretty small, all right. Where? <laughs> <laughs> so my my parents actually had a waterbed. Quick story, total total side note. Uh, I'm I'm known for this, but it's worth it. I promise. Um, so my parents had a waterbed, and um, apparently it was it was when they first came out, and like the the vinyl like rubber material that they would actually make the waterbed out of, um, was apparently not not volatile but apparently it, it would if it if it mixed with the oils of your skin like the natural oils from your skin what would happen is that would become this brittle hard plastic oh. so apparently my parents were sleeping on it one night and the sheet kind of rolled up and so they were kind of my dad was sleeping on like the just the flat waterbed mattress and enough of that happened where the next night when they got into bed and when it went to go climb in, the thing just exploded uh-uh. and full waterbed into, into their bedroom. Uh, All right. That's, that's my side that's note. Funny. And that <laughs> story funny. would have been better in Dolby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would, I mean, like the funny thing for me is it's not just tent poles and Dolby, you know, and Dolby that like, how quickly Kara gets off the waterbed discussion. I, I know. It. I'm like, <laughs> no. She's like, I mean, rapid segue. Segue. I don't want to hear about Adobe. Scott's dad's bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, um, like one of my favorite Dolby experiences was Ford versus Ferrari, which is oh, like a movie oh I went in. Oh my gosh. Went into like great not movie. really expecting it to be elevated that much because I'm like, oh, what can you really do with a pretty standard drama like that? And it was such a different experience in Dolby the answer is yeah. a lot there's a lot yeah I mean because it's not like a horror or a big like action tent pole that you immediately think of man those cars that's a great one to pick out of that mm-hmm. yeah and our our go-to um is always gravity mm-hmm. you know when there's no yeah. sound in space and creating no sound in the auditorium you know yeah. that, that's pretty impactful and um yeah so that's one we always talk about is you that's know, interesting. No sound is just as important as good sound. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very cool. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I guess let me, let me get past you know Sandra Bullock uh, and George Clooney being you know a spaceman and woman. But once you get past that, 
Uh, yes, the ideal humans. Yes. Little shot of tequila, and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and George Clooney's uh, what? Yeah, what is this brand called? Casamigos. Casamigos. That's right. It's really good tequila. Just yeah. Saying. Yeah. So there's. Um, are you guys looking forward to more of the summer slate? I mean, Fast Nine, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the the biggest go-tos here within at least this group, the one that we always seem to bring up, is we all can't wait for Top Gun. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a Dolby title for sure. I'm going to seek out my closest Dolby Atmos uh, for that performance for sure. Um, and then Ghostbusters. I mean, these aren't summer movies, clearly, but like these are the ones that like I've been waiting, you know, years for. And um I definitely promise you that those ones will be seen in a Dolby auditorium. I promise you. Yeah. Next week, I, next week, I'm going to see werewolves within. I'm going to see the double feature of a quiet place and a quiet place Two. I'm going to revisit both of those. And I will go see just out of sheer fun, go see F9 just to watch it in that experience and be part of cinema week. So that's my, that's my plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good movies. Um, I'm really looking forward to West Side Story. And, yeah. you know, it, it's my favorite musical. You know, somebody said the other day, well, why would you go see it? How many times have you seen it? I said, well, again, why do we go to the cinema? Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, it's Spielberg, but, you know, it's going to be presented in a way it's never been presented. And uh, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, and Brandon, I don't know if you caught this, but in the Heights, there was a scene where the men and women squared off during a dance. And to me, I'm like, oh, was that a nod to West Side Story, you know, in, in the auditorium? So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it'll be great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, there's plenty to see coming up. We, you know, we go through this list all the time. And I'm glad movies are, are coming back and the audiences are ready to go see them. And I just encourage on, on all sides, from filmmaker side to the, the technology side, the exhibitors and the moviegoers, I mean, make these moments really special and, and do seek them out. This is, these are sacred places to experience um, these shared emotions and these shared stories. So do it in the best way possible. Michael, thank you for being part of our show. And, and also thank you so much for supporting uh, and contributing to Cinema Week. We really do appreciate that. We're just days away from really the largest exhibitor activation ever. So you guys have been a big part of that. And, and I certainly think the experience is meaningful. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah no, our pleasure. And, um, you know, we can't thank all of you enough for the initiative of Cinema Week. And I've been a moviegoer, you know, since I was a kid. And um, getting back to the cinema is, is definitely something everybody needs to do. Uh, just to get out and, and enjoy that experience again and, and support all of our exhibitor partners all over the world. So thanks to all three of you and the rest of the, the team at Cinema Week. Yeah, uh, well, this is this is just the first of many. So this is inaugural Cinema Week and uh, we're hoping that all the people that have been able to come on and be a part of this will, you know, just be thinking about what we can be doing bigger and better next year and how we can really make it... Um, a significant event in the in the industry as a whole um so yeah again thank you again for being on the show um we definitely suggest that anyone listening go and check out your nearest dolby cinema um 
especially during Cinema Week, which Dolby is a very gracious sponsor of. So again, thanks again to Michael Archer uh, to be for being a guest on this show. Um, and until then, we will see you at the movies. <laughs>